Yeah. Sometimes we laugh and sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now. Baby. I took a half and she took the whole thing. Slow down. Baby. We took a trip, now we on your block and it's like a ghost town. Baby. Where did these niggas be at when they say they doing all this and all that? Tired of beefing you bums, you can't even pay me enough to react. Welcome back. You were listening to another episode of the Keep the Change podcast series, Money Mail, episode number 130. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening, reading, sharing, just being a part of what this is becoming. Exciting stuff. Very, very applicable tune to get us going for this one because this one is called Laugh Now, Cry Later. And I often joke that Buy Now, Pay Later is called Get Now, Worry About It Later. Now, I know a lot of you out there will use Buy Now, Pay Later. I think I think they've got like 600,000 users or some shit. That's a lot of customers. That's a lot of people. Once you, you know strip out all the people, say, under 16 maybe, 15, they probably don't even yet have access to, to buying things. Strip out all the, the oldies that you know, are probably still using checks and wouldn't use something by, like Buy Now, Pay Later. And you might say, let's say 300, uh, 3 million people, right? And... 600,000 of those, which is one in five, are using buy now, pay later. That's just very high level, me guessing. I don't actually know, but there's a shitload of old people that live here that wouldn't use it, isn't there? But that is, that's phenomenal, phenomenal growth. And I often joke about the name, like I said before, but they've been able to scale this bad boy up. And there's been a lot of content and people that will say it's really, really good. And I think. You know, we all know, like we've done the learning, all financial products are good until they use us. And when I see these people saying that buy now, pay later and shit's amazing, um, I always think, yeah, you know, because you're thinking about it from your own perspective, which is all good, which is all good. But it's not good for a number of people because they end up in the shit. And I was doing some research this week around different data and whatnot and... There's heaps out there. What I keep an eye on is basically how many people are currently late and in default because I knew that this laugh now, I can get my fucking sneakers on Afterpay, um, cry later when, oh God, now I'm paying 20% or 25% late payment fees or some shit, cry later experience was coming because we're conditioned to consume, right? And we find ways to do that. I've lived beyond my means. Like I know I've been there, I've done this shit, so I'm not, like it's hard when you're trying to, you're trying to show people a path not to take before they end up too far down the path and then realise, huh, it was real easy to sprint down that path, now I've got to walk all the way back to the start. And usually when you get down a path like bad credit, credit cards and buy now, pay later, they take a lot longer to get back to the starting point than it did to get to the end of the road that you didn't even want to get to anyway or you didn't realize was down there. And that is because when we start paying these things back and we're then copying penalties, interest, late payment fees, that shit adds up and it compounds. And what do we know about compounding? Well, that shit can get out of control pretty quickly, can't we? And then we have 
other things that are taking up our cash, like the cost of living going up, and then we've got less disposable income, and therefore we can pay even less against the debts that we're racking up, and we're paying for debts out of after-tax income, but we're getting given $3,000 of access to credit, and we think, oh, that's only three grand as a percentage of my salary. Wrong. You should be comparing that to a percentage of your after-tax salary. And you realise, damn, it is hard to unwind debt. Damn, it is hard to get back to square one to then carry on down a different path of building an emergency fund, investing into shares, investing into your education, making less poor choices. And I have these lessons because I did all the same shit. So if you've gone down those paths, like I'm not here to judge you and that's not what people are trying to tell you when they're like, hey, be careful of buy now, pay later. And you're, no, that's amazing. It's allowed me to do all these other things. Like, yeah, okay, but just be careful because you don't know when the world changes. You don't know when your life changes. You don't know when your situations change. And when you have access to those things, when you're potentially a little bit weaker, that's when they become a problem for you. And that is what I could see happening. I knew that as the cost of living increased and as things become uh, a bit harder out there, that these things uh, would start creeping up on people. But they shouldn't be, should they? Because we're hearing that wages keep going up. So you know, one school of thought is, well, wages keep going up. That's really good. You know, The economy is going really well. Well, then how come we're increasingly seeing more people end up not being able to pay back their buy now, pay later. Doesn't make much sense, does it? You know, those things don't really stack up that well. So I think we're going to see more of it. And that is why I continue to repeat these warnings of sort of, if you've got these temptations in your life that allow you to go down a path that is fucking hard to unwind, try and remove your access to them because it's just an easy way to put friction between you and perhaps a weaker version of yourself or a version of yourself that you know might be in the moment or sucked into the pastel colors or walk in the mall and yeah you know what I might have that pair of sneakers or I might get that dress or I might get that thing I don't really need and you know chuck it on buy now pay later so yeah you know worry about it over the next four or six weeks or whatnot but you know the more you go down that path the harder it is to come back from it and also you're conditioning yourself to have things instantly have instant gratification, not delay gratification. So then when you actually get to investing and trying to build your mindset the other way, it's fucking really hard because you've set yourself up to go the other way anyway. So it's all you know and it's like, well, what do you mean delay gratification and wait for investment returns and and to wait for a dividend and to understand compounding and to think in 10-year blocks and stuff? Like I can go to the mall with no money but my phone and tap this BNPL pastel that I've got and go give me those shoes and they go thanks for coming that's so good you just added to our bottom line because the margins in these shoes are pretty big and we're going to get the other things that uh, you don't get and those are profits from from you buying here dividends to the shareholders being able to continue to grow their vision of what it is that they're trying to achieve but you're just going in there being like you know what I've I want those shoes I want it hand them over I can use credit and off you go so it's not just about using these things to go, well, you know, they've never impacted me. It's about understanding what they're doing to the way you think about money and stuff like that as well. And that's where I always find it interesting with people that sort of, they'll, they'll want to um, shout from the rooftops about how amazing these products are because they're defending their own choices that they're making, which is all good. And for a lot of people, these things aren't a problem. But for a lot of people as well, they do become a problem and even, I think I read some stat this week that like 42% of people had been behind at some stage on their buy now, pay later. So 4 in 10 will end up paying some sort of fee. So the whole like, oh, you know, they don't, 
they don't uh, charge any fees and interest and all this sort of shit is is not necessarily entirely accurate, is it? Because a lot of people are having to pay something at some stage. But make sure, as I always say, like use these things, these these ac- this access to debt and whatnot, and don't let it use you as such. Or just just be mindful of the way it could be using you. And that could be an email blast out encouraging you to spend on things you had no intention of buying. Now, if you hadn't guessed, week 130 of Money Mail was going to be talking about buy now, pay later. And, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a couple of messages, not a lot, a couple of people said, I, I love your, I think the word is like disdain or like hate for buy now, pay later. And it, it's actually, it's not, I don't even have like hate for it. It's basically, um, I just want to make people aware of this shit. So it's not really like, oh, Luke, you know, you clearly hate this stuff and and I don't want to tell you that I've got it because, hey, people make their own individual decisions, right? And I still blow money on shit that I don't need and whatnot. So I'm not perfect and I'm not trying to pretend that I'm some perfect dude out there. I use debt and I use and I, I try to understand it and I know what I'm getting myself into. I've fallen into these traps in the past and stuff so I can see how it happens. But these are conversations we need to have to sort of just have different angles at the way that we look at some of the shit. Because when we walk into a mall or here, most people saying, buy now, pay later is amazing. Well, what are we going to do? We're like, well, fuck, why am I not using it? You know what? And even I've been like, mm, maybe I should be, you know, thinking about, do I need to understand this stuff better? When Like years ago when I saw it all blowing up and thought, hmm, you know, is there something here? Is this the way to do things going forward? And I think um, the next wave of it was that you could get your salary in advance. And I actually have read some info a long time ago about how, you know, when you think about it, you get paid fortnightly, monthly, whatever, weekly. That seems kind of stupid. Like, why don't you just get paid at the end of the day? But it's not how the system or the process or whatnot works, right? And ultimately, that's kind of where you can improve an economy by speeding up the money flow through an economy. And for some people, that's going to be great when we finally get to that point where you do get paid daily into your bank account. Um, and there are sort of tools that allow people to have that going and sit in the middle, but we could get to a point where you can choose to have your pay daily rather than weekly, fortnightly, and whatnot. And you know, then we'll look back in 10 years and be like, well, imagine only getting paid monthly. Like, what was all that about? How hard was that? But you know, for some people, that'll be great. But for other people, it'll be really bad as well. And that's, I think, was the next wave or intention of the sort of buy now, pay later. And I think potentially where it's, um, you know, I think some people stepped into that area of the market too. But that's, these things are constantly innovating and evolving. It's then how we react to them or our access to them that we have to look at ourselves individually and go, okay, we've access to buy now, pay later now. What have I actually brought with this? Let's have a look at all these transactions. Did I need this shit? Would I have brought it if I was paying for this out of my savings, for instance? And and actually have conversations with yourself to be like, what has buy now, pay later done to my life? And each of us individually only know the answers to that. But 10 minutes of ranting about Buy Now, Pay Later, and we haven't even buddy started. So apologies, ladies and gentlemen out there. Let's get into it. Week number 130, Buy Now, Pay Later, arrears hit a three-year high at 9.3%. What a shock. I can't believe that. I think Luke was warning about that a little while ago. Yeah, well, you know, he loves his data and he's a geek, so perhaps he did. As the cost of living starts to bite, we all get to test ourselves. Do we do what we know is right deep down. Be careful of our spending and look to clear debt, avoid buy now, pay later and build an emergency fund. Or do we do what we've been conditioned to do for years, consume? 
The true cost of living isn't even here yet as the market adjusts to higher interest rates. We've still got to go through a wave of interest rates going up and uh, costs really going up for people and people getting through the Christmas period of like, well, shit, you know, these things are expensive, than, more expensive than they were last year. And, uh, and, you know, all of that stuff as well. So we're still adjusting because things are moving. Now, don't forget, it's not only homeowners who will cop higher interest rates as well, but businesses also, they'll look to pass on those interest costs to you and I to protect their margins. Now, a lot of people only really think about interest rates going up in terms of a mortgage or whether they have one, but people that are running businesses, they are paying higher interest costs and that starts to decrease their margins and whatnot. And so then they start thinking about their prices as well. And should I pass these on? And what does my profitability look like? And is this sustainable? And some of those businesses will pass on those costs. And and same for landlords, for instance, that are paying higher interest rates too. Now, my expectation is that over Christmas and summer, consumer credit will balloon as people can't help but spend and put in put it on the old credit card or buy now, pay later. Get now, worry about it later, right? It's already happening and we haven't even got to the silly season because it's the start of November. So Credit Bureau Centrix reports that personal loan d- demand spiked in August. Now, we've still got September and October, so by the time we get the latest data, I could just about guarantee for you it's going to be worse. But in August, uh, personal loan demand spiked to a 10-month high. The demand for personal loans outpaced levels last seen in 2021. Some other key stats that may open your eyes from the August report. The number of consumer lending accounts in arrears is up 8% from a year ago. So the number of consumer lending accounts in arrears is up 8.8%, sorry, 8% from a year ago. That's quite a big jump, isn't it? So from a year ago, August 2021, consumer lending accounts, 8 point, fuck, why do I keep saying 8 point? 8.0, so 8% of them are in arrears, in arrears, no, a further 8% of them are in arrears. Now, 4.8% of car loans are behind, the highest level in two years. So if you've got a loan on your vehicle, then just about 5% of those are behind, and that's the highest for two years, so since back to 2020. Buy now, pay later arrears hit a three-year high, which is 9.3%. Around 14,200 mortgages are in arrears, which is 0.98%, so nearly 1% of mortgages, which is pretty typical, but let's keep an eye on that going forward. So that's actually 0.98% of mortgages that are in arrears. You know, that's, that's pretty standard, around 1% of mortgages. So there's nothing really there. But what this data does tell us, and what you need to understand, is that people prioritise rent, and mortgage repayments to ensure they don't lose what is most important to them, their home or place to live. Now, a long time ago, I got taught that people will fight harder to keep the things that they've got so that to ensure that they don't lose them than they will to get something that they want. Now, i just say that again. So people will fight harder to ensure that they don't lose the things they currently have than they will to get something that they want. A good example of this is once someone gets a fancy car and they really like it or a home, they're like, fuck, I'll do everything in my power to ensure I don't lose that. You know, you would have heard people say things like that and you're like, whoa, man, that person is on uh, a different level over there. What's all that about? And it's basically how we're sort of hardwired. But if you said to someone, hey, you should go and buy that wicked Peugeot 306 over there you really like it, that'd be epic for you, and they're like, oh man, it's fucking really hard, it's like a long way away, I don't know about that, like, yeah, one day it'd be cool to have it, but they're not like, yeah, I'm going to get it, like, I'm going to guarantee you that I'm going to have that car, like, people don't usually talk about that and have that level of energy towards things that they want, 
But if you say to someone, hey, I'm going to take that Peugeot 308 away from you because you don't deserve it anymore, like, like, fuck you are, you're not doing that to me, and same with your property and whatnot. So that's when people really sort of arc up and go, I'm going to fight and I'm going to stand up and I'm going to make sure that I can keep what I've got here. Now, because we value homes so massively in this country, that is usually the thing that we'll fight the hardest to keep, right? So we will allow ourselves to go into debt in other areas because it's sort of like, well, what's more important? You know, the, ho- the home or the car or all the shitty assets, not sh- shitty assets, the shitty things that I purchased to put inside this house, the overpriced couch, the overpriced TV, the, uh, the lamp in the corner that we overpaid at some sale and bought, put on buy now, pay later. You're sort of like, yeah, I could take or leave that shit. It could go. I don't really care. I'll probably pay that last. But most people will try to ensure that they pay their mortgage or their rent first because they don't want to lose that because A, we either value our property or we value what it gives for us or we value the fact that we've got somewhere to live and have a roof over our head. But the first thing to be missed is consumer debt, buy now, pay later and car loans. This is where buy now, pay later and credit cards are so dangerous as you feel like you can get away with it. You know, I've had times where I've missed my minimum repayment on my credit card or I've known okay, um, I've paid off this amount, but I haven't been able to pay off the full amount. I've never once had a bank ring me and be like, hey, Lukey, how are you, mate? Um, we noticed that you only paid 500 bucks of your $2,000 of spending from last month. You know, are you, are you, are you all good? At, can, can you wire that over that other 1,500 bucks uh, overnight, please, mate? Yeah, good on you, Lukey. Good on you, mate. No, like that doesn't happen, does it? So, and so we feel like we can get away with these things. Try not paying your mortgage a couple of times. See what happens then. But that that then pushes us in the wrong direction, doesn't it? Because we we don't pay and nothing really happens. And it's the probably in the credit provider's interest that we don't pay. So that the stinging interest and late payment penalties kick in. That's where they make their money. Now this is where buy now, pay later and credit cards are so dangerous, isn't it? Now this is why I suggest to you and at the top said but remove your temptation and get rid of buy now, pay later, drop your credit card limit, like try and decrease your access of debt levels so that you've got less reliance on them because you don't know what 2023 has in store for you, so tidy this shit up whilst you have the chance. Wean yourself off of consumer debt. Consumer equals consumption. Usually you use debt to buy dumb shit and you are smarter than that. I know that. Now, this takes a change in mindset from consumption, which is only, which is usually the only reason why many people use debt outside of emergencies, right? So most people will use debt to buy shit, just to buy shit that they probably don't really need. But that is not good debt, is it? But people will struggle. I had a conversation with a business owner this week who they think like, oh, I don't know if I want to get debt in my business because it just, I don't know, it just feels a bit off. And you're like, well, it's good like you're going to grow faster you're going to get a return on that debt so for most debt that we spend and use we don't actually get a return on that apart from that initial kind of dopamine hit and gratification and instantly of like wow cool I've got these new sunglasses or I've got these shoes or these are sick I'll put them on my Instagram and then 72 hours later you're like oh yeah shit I stubbed sorry um, I smudged those shoes or scuffed them I think is the terminology sorry and you know now they, uh, they've got a big black mark on them or whatever and I'm probably not going to post them on Instagram to get any likes anymore and it's done. So, you know, be be careful with the debt that you're consuming. But um, I think as well, a lot of people I've seen they say no, buy now, pay later, and shit. That's amazing because it gives me like it's allowed me to get through this emergency to fix my car to keep getting to work or whatever. 
And like I get that, but also what you have to accept if, if you think like that is that you've given up on building an emergency fund. You've thought that the only solution or the great solution to that is to have access to, to debt that potentially you are going to struggle to get out of or you may, you may get out of fine, but why not teach yourself to not rely on debt in those situations? Why not get yourself to a place where you don't have to? I had a great message from someone recently who said, mate, I just want to share a story with you. I built up an emergency fund. It's quite one of the first times uh, in my life and the, my pet got sick this week and we were able to get them to an, a vet during the weekend, which is more expensive, but they really value their dog. I think it was a dog. And, you know, they were like, fuck, it was such a cool feeling being able to pay for that and be like, sweet, I can do this. There's emergency funds sitting there. This is what it's there for, for them. And to not have to go, shit, okay, yes, like, please carry on, but now I need to figure out where am I going to get this money from, what access to debt do I have, and all of those types of things. So you get to make decisions faster and from a different place and You'll never if you don't if you don't build up an emergency fund because the storm is always coming and there will be an emergency for you. You don't even get to experience that feeling of like, huh, I can cover this shit. Wow, this feels different. This feels different than filling out a access to credit form to then pay for that thing that's broken. You can literally use your emergency fund and then slowly start paying it back again to build it back up. And it just does something different for you. And many people will never get to experience that. So. Don't just look at buy now, pay later and stuff and go, well, that solved the problem for me once in terms of being able to solve an emergency. I then think it's really good and I should actually, you know, keep it and make sure I just, I might just, you know, I've paid it all back, but I might just keep it there just in case or whatnot. Why not try and become a different person by graduating to another level and going, fuck that, I don't need that. I'm going to build up an emergency level of cash as well and that is, of course, a little bit hard, and, and we have to delay gratification to do those things. And But this is one of the concepts we know that successful people have to master. And if we can tap into it and get a bit better at it, then we're going to go further too with our understanding of finances and then our ability to teach the kids uh, that come after us and those things as well. So build up that emergency fund and see what it's like to have some spare ammunition sitting there if a battle knocks on your door like a sick child or a pet or a broken down car because you know as well as I do, like this shit does happen. You'll be blown away at the peace of mind an emergency fund and no consumer debt can provide for you. Reverse some consumption and sell stuff around your house that you don't use to clear some of that buy now, pay later. So, you know, I think if you do want to get serious about getting rid of your buy now, pay later or even just getting to a point where you're not in arrears, Go around the house and just look at all the shit that you know you don't really need and and go on a mission of like, I'm going to put all that on Marketplace or I'm going to try and sell that, I'm going to put it on my social media. Like try and collect some cash, swap up the cash and pay back your arrears to these buy now, pay later operators so that you can get yourself back and not be part of that 9.3% statistic that is only going to increase as we go further into more expensive times. Now, people loved this line, uh, excuse the pun, because I've had a number of people message me about this, because the email then goes on to say, no one snorts their first line of cocaine expecting to be a cocaine addict, but it happens. No one signs up to a buy now, pay later dealer expecting to be getting smashed by late payment fees and high interest because their circumstances changed, but it happens. And nine out of 100 people are currently behind on their payments. Now, I have no doubt that a large portion or some portion of that 9.3% would have thought... Buy now, pay later is awesome. 
I don't have to pay any interest. I don't have to pay any late payment. Like, there's no fees. This is mint. This is this is for the consumer. This is for me. And then their life would have changed. And now they can't afford to repay it. And now the dealer has you right where they need you. Now you're finally paying. And if you have, like, if you think about it, these 9.3% of people and these people that get behind on these, like, they're subsidizing this product and service for the rest of the people using it, which is very interesting when you think about it like that. Not often you would think like that. You're just like, how does this impact me? This is all G. But really, those people are subsidizing the rest of the people to do it because if it wasn't profitable for the business, there would, like, it's, it, business stops when things don't make profits over a long period of time because they run out of money and they can't keep doing them. So delete the dealer off your phone. Remove the temptation. Slowly start getting rid of that shit and, and flip to delaying gratification and trying to build and come from a proactive rather than reactive way of dealing with your finances and your money. Now remember that if you are going to have difficulty making repayments on your debt that you need to contact the lender slash the provider as soon as possible to try and arrange a solution or restructuring of the debt. In a recent survey of Buy Now Pay Later users, of those who ran into trouble with Buy Now Pay Later, only 24%, so one in four people asked for help. Now, I've been there with the credit card, like, fuck, I could only pay the 500, it was 2,000 or whatever, just as an example, but I'm not ringing Westpac being like, hey, I, I struggled to um, clear that this month, what advice do you have for me, or or asking any mates or something, I was just kind of like, well, I'll just bury my head in the sand, so I know what this is like, I'm just like, I think I know what the answer is, I need to try and pay this shit back, but perhaps, you know, ask the, the lender or the provider, hey, what can I do here, and this is something that we see in business where if you get in trouble with the IRD, we're always like, get on the phone to the IRD straight away. Don't let them tell you, you tell them. So ring them and be like, hey, I know I haven't been able to make this GST or PAYE or tax payment. Um, I want to find a solution with you. And that's they'll do that. And they'll often say, right, well, we're not going to charge you penalties because you're proactively trying to do something about this, but you need to make a commitment to this repayment and... Therefore, we will we'll pause your penalties. And you don't know what until you ask. So if you are in trouble with these things, then give them a ring and say, hey, look, like I really want to clear this and I don't want to be someone that defaults on all of this because they don't like they want to collect the money eventually and say, would you know, do you have any solutions? And if they don't, be like, well, hey, could we come to some sort of payment arrangement where I say, look, I'm not going to use this anymore, but I'll repay it in X amount per week. And you guys will pause the penalties in return and I won't use this anymore and I'll commit to this. And if I don't make my repayments, the penalties turn back on. Like you don't don't know if they will allow you to do that until you bring and you have a crack. So think about asking for some help in those situations. And remember as well, it's okay to ask for help. So get it done. Be good out there. You're one of over 6,600 recipients. Please uh, check something on your story or forward this on if it really speaks to you. Tag a mate in it, whatever. It all helps. Leave a five-star review on Spotify if you're listening. I know you're listening on there right now. Just go back a little bit and just click five, please. And we don't know who this information is going to get in front of and how it's going to change their life. So uh, please do that. It would mean a lot to myself. Did you know new residential mortgage lending was down 33% on a year ago, reflecting the slowdown in the housing market? Now that means that from 2020 to 2022, the same time last year, basically... Uh, residential mortgage mortgage lending was down, and you know that that shouldn't surprise anyone because people are going, oh shit, those interest rates are pretty high, or I can't afford that, or the that that house now seems pretty overpriced. Will I wait to buy it? 
So there's actually some pretty strong data to suggest that lending in that residential space is slowing down. No doubt that has been another good lesson of Luke slamming buy now, pay later again. Uh, and a heap of you listening been like, this guy doesn't get it, it's actually really good. And that's cool. Like if that's your thing, that's your thing. But we have to accept that when we promote these types of things, it's going to harm, like what's going to hurt other people and whatnot. And that's just how the world works. And, you know, one thing might be good for us, but it might not be good in the hands of somebody else. And that isn't like our fault, is it? That's just how... The world works but um, for you given that you're trying to take some responsibility and you're trying to get on top of your finances and shit this is supposed to be a bit of a reminder just to be careful with it or understand yourself before you go signing up to these things or your friends your family or who you're telling in your circles to use it because you know that they might end up in trouble with it and just have a bit more of awareness around that and maybe speak to some of your mates that are smashing the buy now pay later and and uh, tap it into their veins and just be like, yo, like, are you all good? Is this uh, taking you down the wrong path? Or uh, do we need to have a chat about this and, and whatnot? Or did we just put the pizza and the beers on a buy now, pay later? Like, is that pretty smart? You know, is that uh, is that a good use of our spare cash or the cash we A, don't have, and then are going to have to wait till next payday to be able to sort it? But hey, everybody makes their own decisions. I'm not here to tell you what you uh, should or shouldn't do but I'm just sharing some lessons that I've picked up through going through my own journey of taking on debt that I probably shouldn't have had access to because I wasn't ready. I wasn't right in the lid, uh, in the mind, and emotionally, spiritually, sexually, uh, whatever terminology, I probably just wasn't ready to have access to that debt. And we all have to understand what that's like for us and then the potential that uh, it will bring in terms of trouble. So buy now, pay later, episode number 463, I think the number of times we've spoken about this now but um, it looks like they're in for a bit of a rough ride as more people start to turn away from this stuff be good out there we'll see you next friday for an absolutely cracking episode that i'm not sure how it's going to go down even though i got a case i'ma do what it take and i've never been embraced and the money's hard to make so i bet they on their face right now i know that they at the crib going crazy down bad what they had didn't last damn baby Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now